0: up you guys and welcome back to the televised podcast my name is anna and today we're going to be talking about batwoman season 2 episode 16 titled rebirth um first of all i want to say sorry that it is friday (laughs) um my microphone broke so i had to order a new one and it did not come uh, until uh, thursday so i'm recording this on thursday and you'll hear it on friday um I I know that I could have totally just, like, plugged in my headphones and done it that way, but I just really didn't want to make you guys listen to that kind of audio quality for that long. So, because, I mean, I have a lot to say about this episode, and I just, I don't know, I didn't, I really didn't want to make everybody suffer by listening to that audio for, you know, that long. So, um, thank you for your patience, and I'm sorry that this episode is so late. I I hope that it's still, um. Uh, hope that you still enjoy it. (laughs) Um, Also, really quick, just before we get started, we have a Batwoman Season 3 premiere date. It is October 13th at 9pm, 8pm Central Time, and they will be airing after Legends of Tomorrow, kind of like they are now, which is actually pretty cool. I like that pairing. I I like that uh, pairing. Now they're airing on a Wednesday, so... I will have to change my schedule again, but that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so anyway, but I just, you know, I'm really excited that the show is gonna come back much sooner than I ever thought they would. I mean, I figured that the CW would go back to doing fall, you know, fall schedules after missing an entire fall schedule last year, so... I'm just glad that we don't have to wait until January again to see these characters. So, I'm really excited about that. That means we only have, like, three months between the end of this season and the beginning of the next. So, that's pretty cool. And, I mean, oh, and they'll be, it'll be airing at the same time as, like, Supergirl is kind of finishing up. There'll be, like, only a couple of episodes of Supergirl left when Batwoman starts up again. So, it'll be really interesting to how that all plays out again. So, (laughs) Anyway, though, let's talk about Rebirth. So this episode kicks off with Batwoman saving some guy from becoming human shish kebab. And Ryan gets in a pretty sick sword fight, but the swords, uh, swords person (laughs) gets away before she can catch them. And when Ryan calls for the Batcave, Luke is not there. Um so batwoman is left to call 911 on her own which ryan says that the operator is a huge batwoman fangirl i thought that was so cute (laughs) so luke is sitting up on the balcony um off of bruce's office and he says that he needs a little time alone and off from bat duties and he just looks so goddamn sad And it's so, I mean, I know that we left him in a really horrible place last episode, but it is really sad to continue to just, like, see him be so defeated. And, I mean, especially, like, he's living after he wanted to die, you know? Like, how are you supposed to keep going after that? I mean, I can't imagine. (laughs) And I think it's really interesting that Ryan and Luke are having this conversation, on that balcony in the same almost I mean in like the in the exact same place where earlier this season Luke and Ryan had that conversation about the crows and and how uh Ryan did not want to work with the crows did not want to trust Sophie did not want to do have anything to do with them and Luke was the one who convinced her to work with the crows and to trust them and to trust Sophie and I mean obviously he was not wrong when talking about trusting Sophie because duh it's Sophie but after everything that luke has been through with tavaroff and the crows and everything it's really interesting to have them be in that position again up on that balcony talking to each other opening up except luke is the one closed off this time you know it's just really interesting to put those characters back in that place after so much has gone down um you know for the two of them especially in relation to the crows where You know ryan they don't first of all they don't exist anymore and then ryan is like fully warmed up to sophie (laughs) but luke is on the other side of the spectrum where he's like fully you know traumatized by what happened to him and for good reason and it's really interesting to see them be in that same position and but but being so different from the characters that we saw them as before So we find out that Tavaroff is out on bond and Jacob is being hailed as a hero, which Roman is not happy about. Uh, Enter Sophia, who Roman confirms knew that Kate was alive this entire time. She gave Roman the information about Kate's flight, and then she used her own bit of misinformation to torture Alice, and then Roman simultaneously used Kate to get his daughter back. Speaking of Cersei, apparently they've been treating her skin with this like Janus brand burn cream, so she's no longer crispy, she has like no burns left, I'm like okay that's like miracle, that's like miracle cream, my girl had like third degree burns all over her whole body, but also that means all of her tattoos are singed away. <laughs> So i wonder if like is she ever is she gonna get her tattoos again like <laughs> are they gonna put wallace through sitting in the chair to like do all of the tattoos <laughs> obviously without any of ruby's uh like super christian tattoos that she has on her body <laughs> anyway though so she is no longer crispy and also she's going to be an influencer <laughs> which is like okay girl <laughs> Um, and so Sophia is, like, looking at this, like, ad that they made for this, like, a rebirth, like, skin whatever from Janice, you know, whatever, and that they're making Cersei, uh, do the advertising for. Oh, and her cover story was, like, rehab, which is, you know, that checks out. Like, oh, where'd she go? How's, you know, she's a rehab, man. (laughs) Um, Anyway, though, so Sophia's like, whoa, 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 where did she get her face? Like, I I know that you transplanted her memories and everything, but, like, where'd you get the girl's face? And uh, Roman's like, would you believe it? It was that sewer rat Alice. (laughs) And Sophia's like, you let Alice near Kate Kane? she's her sister you moron and i just think it is so funny that like she's that i just forget that nobody knows that alice is beth kane well nobody knew that alice was beth kane (laughs) i just totally forgot about that but um so sophia like kind of lets in on the uh hey maybe you should keep these literal twin sisters apart Uh, And then also uh, Roman kind of gets more information to later employ. So meanwhile, Jacob and Alice break into Roman's home and kidnap Cersei. And Alice says (laughs) she's wearing yoga pants. This is so much worse than I thought. And I also love how Jacob calls her kiddo the whole time. It's, listen, as much as I don't like Jacob Kane, I just love how... The whole time, like, when she was Cersei, when they were kidnapping her, he's like, come on, kiddo, we gotta go. <laughs> oh my god. i It's been really interesting for these past couple of episodes to see a Jacob Kane that I don't hate, like, that I don't despise as much as I have used to, so, I mean, you know, kudos to the writers for, like, rehabilitating Jacob Kane for me, but, <sighs> come on. <laughs> I didn't have a problem hating the guy. <laughs> and so following a lead, Ryan enters a government safe house, still tracking this like swords person uh, with Mary on the comms and apparently with some stuff outsourced to Sophie. Um, so apparently this guy whose house that they're in was protected by witness protection, but now he's got a sword in him. And it turns out that the masked sword swinger is Tatiana. And I just, oh my god. (laughs) I mean, like I talked about last week, I love when they bring uh, characters or storylines from the beginning of a season back and make it full circle at the end. I know that that's like bare minimum but it's just so cool (laughs) like it's just so cool to see all the threads start to just like converge i mean sophia and like giving the information to roman and they were working together this whole time and then it's tatiana and she's you know chasing after these people and like all of this stuff and the connection to cersei the connection to kate the connection to alice everything's connected it's just very satisfying And obviously, it's also just like super fun to see the actors who play, um, uh, to, who play, uh, Sofia and Tatiana come back. Just because it's always so fun to see them on screen because they are deliciously evil. <laughs> um, So, back with Jacob, Cersei, and Alice, they run her DNA and it matches Kate's. They also run her fingerprints and they match Kate's. Although, I do have questions as to how her entire body was burned. <laughs> and so much so that all of her tattoos burned off, everything was gone, but yet her fingerprints were intact. It's fine. <laughs> um, And then Cersei is like, she's not buying any of this. She's like, you are confusing me with a dead girl. And Alice says, no, you are confusing you with a dead girl. (laughs) And I love how, um, when there's this, like, shift between, uh, Cersei and Kate, I love the difference between the two of them, how it, how, uh, Wallace can play those two characters inhabiting this one body, and it's just really interesting, um, obviously that comes into play a little bit later but it's just really great so anyway this entire scene is proof that alice is both a comedian and one of the best characters ever created period um so cersei tries to escape but alice knocks her out she tells jacob that there was a password but the password lies with a dead woman so they need to do this the old-fashioned way enter ocean who brings a bunch of stuff uh kate should have memories attached to and in order um to shake memories loose and bring her back to the surface, Ocean acts like the perfect boyfriend in the moment, meeting Alice's father and being all, you know, like, yes, Mr. Kane, no, Mr. Kane, of course, Mr. Kane. And Alice tells Jacob that she was worked on by Enigma and that she was too strong to be broken by Cartwright. And Jacob finds out that Enigma took away her ability to love. And I think that that is so interesting. Like, for um, Jacob to find out that Alice... Beth was so strong and resilient that she maintained her, her heart throughout everything that Cartwright put her through, that, that Cartwright's mother put her through, that he really doesn't even know much about, that everything that happened with Mouse in the home, you know, everything about that, seeing her mother's head in the freezer, you know, all of that stuff, it, it didn't manage to break her, it didn't manage to turn her into a monster, it took an outside force literally brainwashing her to destroy any and all ability she had left to love, and I think that's so interesting, and I loved the way that uh, the actor who plays Jacob Dugray, I love how he he just like the, the the devastation on his face, you know, when when he found out that Alice has been a product of, you know, manipulation, and it's not her fault that she is the way that she is, you know, and I think it's really interesting because in that moment he realized that he gave up on his daughter not once but twice once you know when she when he stopped looking for her and then twice when they locked her in arkham in season one and he is realizing that he really didn't he didn't have to do that because it's not her fault in that way you know and i think it's so interesting and it's just uh god the rehabilitation of jacob kane is just (laughs) it's just getting to me oh my god So meanwhile, Mary and Ryan are in the Batcave trying to figure out the motivation for Tatiana to slice up their victim, and they find out that Cersei, years prior, scooped his eyes out with a spoon. Oh my god. (laughs) But apparently he, like, harassed her at a party, so I mean, totally uh, deserved, totally warranted. But still, my god, and that's what landed her in Arkham, and apparently he was in Witness Protection Program because he thought that the Cyanus family would come back uh, to take care of him after getting Cersei put in Arkham. And it's really fun, though, to watch Mary kind of, like, run around the Batcave and have free reign of it without Luke there. And it's just fun to watch her be so excited about everything. She's like, Luke has technology that can unseal files. like. <laughs> and so Mary and Ryan, though, are trying to, like, put the pieces together of a puzzle that they just don't have all the pieces for. And honestly, it's just really fun to watch them try to figure this whole thing out. Um, But they do end up deciding that they need Luke, so they track his phone using his hacker tools. With Luke, he's at a weird law enforcement-only bar, and he confronts Tavrov at the bar. Tavrov says his charges are going to be dropped, and that Luke will always be known as the car thief who pulled a gun. And then he brings up Luke's dad big mistake there. (laughs) And Luke actually confronts him and says, are you looking for another excuse to shoot me? And Luke challenges Tavroff to a poker game and then Dickle shows up. (laughs) And it's so nice to see him again after so long. And his moments in this episode were actually so sweet. And I'm really excited to see how this plays out over the long term, uh, multiple crossovers that he's involved in, because obviously he's heavily involved in the episode that Ozzy wrote, Uh, for Supergirl. I think he's gonna be on Superman and Lois. I don't know. I'm just gonna watch the spoilers for his part on that. (laughs) Um, And then I I can't remember if he's gonna be on Legends or not. I can't remember if they confirmed that. But I think he's also gonna be on The Flash, right? So he's gonna just show up everywhere. He'll be around. Uh, (laughs) But it is nice to see him again. Like, we're more than a year since the Arrow Finale aired, so it's just fun to like have him come back, bring that OG energy back into the Arrowverse that I think we really uh, you know, we really needed back. <laughs> Um so meanwhile with the Kane family, Jacob is showing Cersei some of Kate's old belongings trying to get something to stick. He actually ends up telling her about like, "Oh, I found a joint in the pocket of this bag. when, when you were in high school and, and I grounded you for the whole summer." And Cersei's like, "Um, isn't that a little harsh? It wasn't even coke." Like ugh. <laughs> It wasn't even coke. Oh no. <laughs> but, uh, Jacob is not having any luck getting through to, to, to Kate, uh, Cersei is just too, like, she's, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin, she's not flinching, um, and Alice actually ends up taking a stab at it and tells a story from their childhood. Genuinely, this is probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire episode, and then maybe one of my favorite Alice and Kate scenes ever, which is, like, saying a lot because, my previous, like, favorite Alice and Kate scene was when, uh, before they, before Kate locked Alice back in Arkham, when they were just, like, on the floor of the hold-up and just talking and, and bonding. This, uh, this scene in this episode had a very similar energy to that, and I just loved every minute of it. So she says that, Kate had a crush on this girl when they were younger and this girl it turned out liked Kate back but Kate's only issue with this whole thing was that she wasn't out yet. And Kate was so scared of pushing Beth away that she couldn't bring herself to tell her but Beth made her a mug that said mind reader in rainbow letters to tell her that she already knew and that she loved her so much. And it's actually that memory that strikes Kate, who we see in her mind as her younger self trapped in Cartwright's basement. And Alice figures that Enigma used that basement as a way to trap Kate's personality in there and allow Cersei to take over. And Alice is the key to getting Kate out. And then the most heartbreaking lines ever uttered on this damn show. Well, probably not, but, like, some pretty damn heartbreaking lines. She says, you found me, but I couldn't find you, and Alice replies and says, it's okay, there's still time, and it's just like, oh my god. (laughs) I just love the relationship between Alice and Kate so much, and I am so excited to see it develop, especially over these next couple of episodes, because, Alice is clearly, you know, I mean, like I said, she's like the key to unlocking all of Kate's memories and to keeping Kate as Kate and not allowing Cersei to take over. And I'm just so excited to see how that can mend their relationship. And especially now that Alice has her ability to love back, you know, in her body and in her soul, how she reacts to Kate and how they interact with each other. And Just, like, how they can maybe heal together. And I'm just really excited to see that happen. And obviously, almost a year, I mean, like I said last week, a year after they said that they would not be recasting Kate Kane, we have Wallace Day on our screen as Kate Kane. And I, and, and she's actually Kate Kane. You know, she's officially Kate Kane in some of these scenes. And it just feels so good. And I just, I mean, I couldn't imagine a better pick for Kate for this recast, it just works so well, and I mean, crazily enough, they she looks more like Rachel's twin than, than Ruby ever did, and I just, it feels so good to see Kate back on our screens again, and I'm so excited, I'm so excited that we have her back. Um, So meanwhile, all of that is happening. Ryan tracks Luke down and confronts him outside the cop bar. Ryan says that they need his help and that they take care of family first. But Luke bites back by talking about the hospital in the Desert Rose. Ryan says that a thank you would have been nice, but Luke says that he didn't want to wake up. He wanted to see his dad and he didn't want to live in a world where it's not a question of if but when another bullet is coming. And that is just like... It was such a powerful scene between um, Luke and Ryan for him to finally admit to someone that he didn't want to come back because, you know, as far as we knew, he was just being on edge about, you know, what had happened to him or as far as Ryan knew and Mary, he was just dealing and processing his emotions over what happened and, and going through it, you know, but she didn't know that he wanted to die and so for for him to be like I didn't want to come back you ruined my life by bringing me back to life and it's just so interesting and I I don't know it's just such a wonderful scene between the two of them because it's so heartbreaking watching Ryan absorb the information of hearing one of you know her best friend one of her best friends Luke say You shouldn't have saved me. I didn't want to live. I didn't want to come back. My dad was there and I don't want to live in this world. It's just really sad to be- to see Luke so beat down and then to watch Ryan react to Luke being so beat down. So Luke, you know, he's not- dealing with Ryan right now, he goes back in, and while this is happening, Mary gets a call from Jacob confirming that Kate's alive, and Mary actually ends up putting the pieces together once Jacob confirms that Kate thinks she's Cersei, and warns him, but it's too late. Black Mask goons have already stormed Crows HQ, and Alice and Jacob fight while Kate escapes. And then, oh my god, like, the best lines ever. (laughs) I keep saying that about, like, every line, but this is genuinely one of my favorite exchanges from the episode. Alice tells Kate to run, and Kate says, where? And Alice says, anywhere, I'll find you. And that is, like, oh my god. (laughs) it's just so heartbreaking and just like because alice is still you know harboring the pain of kate and and jacob never finding her but she's like we're not going to do that to kate we're not going to do what you all did to me to kate and i just oh my god and then at this point also while i was watching the episode at this point like while it was airing I genuinely believe that it was Ocean that sold Alice out to Sophia and Tatiana by telling them where Alice and Jacob were keeping Cersei-Kate. Obviously, things change a bit later, but I still have my suspicions about Ocean. (laughs) So with Ryan, Mary is freaking out on the comms and says maybe one of my favorite lines they've ever given her. (laughs) She says, Julia wouldn't lie to us, and she found Kate's skull because everybody knows that you can't survive without a skull. (laughs) I know I keep saying that everything's my favorite line, but I mean it. (laughs) So they talk briefly about Luke and about how they both believe they did the right thing by keeping him alive, but they also recognize that it added to his trauma and pain. And Ryan pulls up outside of Crow's HQ and sees Kate outside and she gives her a lift. And obviously it, it can it was that scene from the trailer that they ran last week where she says, Are you Kate Kane? And she says, Can I get back to you on that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so cool to see both bat women that we've known on screen interacting together. It's just freaking cool. <laughs> So at the cop bar, Luke, Dig, and Tavrov are all playing poker. Luke is just super confident in his hand and he thinks he can beat Tavrov, so he's all in. Dig says that he that he's a, uh, on a contract with Argus from Star City. Tavrov reveals that he has two aces, but Luke made a straight. I don't know anything about poker, so I'm just gonna assume that like a straight beats two aces. I don't know. Uh- <laughs> and luke once collecting his winnings and everything he's kind of like gloating a bit and he's like he's he tells tavaroff to his face he says i've been running uh from this fight my whole life and it's gotten me nowhere and then he takes his money and he leaves and he's an icon (laughs) and i like this i find okay i like luke's newfound confidence Quote unquote confidence but i also find it very worrying because a man who wanted to die has no self-preservation so i mean obviously the next scene that we see kind of clues into that that lack of self-preservation but it is just kind of scary obviously we know that he jumps into a suit like a like a mech suit basically by the end of this season so that is less worrying but as of right now it's like what kind of stuff is Luke going to run into unprepared unprotected you know just head first because he's willing to die or he's ready to die because he has nothing to lose it's a very scary place and that's I felt very anxious about Luke in this episode because I'm like he can he'll do anything because he is not afraid to die because any moment he's like yeah sure go ahead and kill me what's it gonna do send me back so i can hang out with my dad perfect sounds great to me you know and that's a very worrying position i think for a character to be in um and so outside of the bar we see in this very next scene Tavrov confronts luke and swings at him and Tavrov is about to just fully like strangle luke and steal his money when dig rips him off of him and Dig punches Tavrov, and he, like, throws him across the alley, and he definitely has some, like, superhuman strength to this punch that sends him to the ground, and obviously, we all know what's coming, (laughs) but they cut away, so at Wayne Tower, Ryan brings Kate into bruce's office i keep getting confused about whose office to call it so as of right now it's bruce's office (laughs) and mary hugs her but kate doesn't remember her ryan tells mary that tatiana was in charge of the raid and that alice was there with jacob and mary is understandably very confused uh so then sophie walks in she says kate and kate instantly remembers her and runs into her arms and Sophie and Ryan are literally like whoa (laughs) and I'm like it's starting the love triangle (laughs) it's starting it's happening i'm so i'm uh i'm so ready for it the love triangle (laughs) but like you can't say that that's not some like soulmate shit like (laughs) your mind being wiped so much so and you're being tortured so much that you don't even remember your own sister but you remember your girlfriend like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) So, still at Wayne, Kate is struggling to remember things, and in her mind, we see Cersei holding her creepy maze knives to young Kate. It's clear that Kate needs Alice to keep Cersei at bay within her mind, at least until she learns how to control herself. In reality, she basically goes feral and attacks Mary, who drugs her quickly, so she passes out. They realize that Alice is the key to saving Kate, and Ryan says that they could save Alice by giving Sophia the Desert Rose in exchange for Alice. Which, I mean, obviously, Mary and Sophie are like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Saving Alice by giving this evil lady... The only thing that you have left of your adopted mother in order to save the woman who you believe is responsible for her death. (laughs) You know, it's like, they're like, what are you talking about? But I really, I think it's really cool because, I mean, like I said, you know, Ryan has been on this hero's journey from the beginning and has had her ups and downs and has had her moments of maybe selfishness that a hero that like a supergirl type of hero wouldn't have and yet now she's making the choice to give up give up her most prized possession of her mother in order to save this woman who she believes killed her like it's just so good like uh, i love ryan um so with Luke, Dig talks to him but takes some pain pills first. He tells Luke about losing his own father but tells Luke that he needs to live a long life so that he has so much more to tell his father once he gets to heaven with him. Dig tells him to use his anger to stand for justice and to carry the torch for his family. And I think that scene is really sweet because it's I love I just whoever wrote <laughs> whoever wrote that line that said that Dig said where you know, you have to keep living because your family member is always going to be there. You just want to live long to have so much more to tell them in the end. Like, that is just so sweet and that's such a wonderful sentiment and that's something that I might be thinking about for a really long time. Um, But anyway, so then uh, apparently Dig has been experiencing fogginess, dizziness, and he's been suffering for a while and that's why he's apparently in gotham like for the actual reason that he's in gotham he's not really on business with argus he is here to see a neurologist i think listen i did some digging on green lantern power rings and i really couldn't find much about anything like this but i think that it's Probably getting these side effects because he didn't accept the ring that he found in the arrow finale. Obviously we didn't see it on his finger. and um, John Ramsey had uh or not John Ramsey <laughs> David Ramsey, John Diggle, sorry. <laughs> David Ramsey had said he confirmed before that John did not accept the ring that he found in the arrow finale just yet. And I think that he's experiencing these side effects because he has not accepted his his uh fate yet as a green lantern and obviously his body is ready to bond to the ring and is already showing signs of super strength like i said when he just like punched tavaroff clear down the road like that was not normal (laughs) um and listen i'm no green lantern expert but it's I mean, that's what I guess is going on. And if I had to guess, his mini storyline will culminate in him becoming the Green Lantern in whatever Arrowverse episode it ends with. I'm actually not sure when each individual episode is airing. Obviously, the Supergirl one is not going to air until like October, maybe? Because it's it's Ozzy's episode, so it's like episode 16, I think. 16 or 17, so it's, uh, you know, <laughs> his his finale potentially is not going to happen until then. And I wonder like how they plan that all out, because obviously with COVID and with different schedules and stuff, things have been really messy. <laughs> so when did they decide that, you know, where all of these episodes land? I have no idea, but I assume that the whole thing is going to culminate in him becoming a Green Lantern, which I'm really excited about. So while they're talking, though, the bat signal flashes and it's Morse code saying that they need Luke's help. And John says, aren't you glad you're alive? And it's like, hell yeah. (laughs) So with Alice, uh, who is kidnapped and in whatever place Sophia took her, the TV is on and she sees that Jacob... I totally skipped a part, oh my god, sorry, anyway, let's talk about, let's fast forward, let's fast forward a bit, (laughs) between Luke, um, leaving the bar with his money and also getting his ass beat outside, in between that, there's actually a scene with Jacob, sorry about that, so with Jacob, Roman has him in his office. Jacob calls him Black Mask as a clear threat, and Roman counters by telling Jacob that very soon everyone in Gotham will know that Alice is actually Beth Kane. Jacob says he'll have GCPD on his doorstep by morning, but it's revealed that the masked goons around Jacob are actually, you guessed it, GCPD. (laughs) They are in Roman's pocket and they'll do anything to protect him, not take him down. They arrest him for aiding and abetting Alice. And obviously, that is a huge issue, because uh, we just took down the crows, who, um, you know, were obviously very corrupt. But now we have to deal with GCBD, who's even more corrupt, who's in the pocket of Roman Sionis, Black Mask. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be interesting, especially now that Jacob and Sophie are out of jobs. I think it'd be interesting if they pivoted and... and he ran jacob ran for police commissioner and he became the commish uh it'd be really cool i think uh especially in this new state that we find jacob well wait never mind he's going to prison Fine. Uh, anyway sophie can run for. <laughs> sophie can run for police commissioner and she could like you know do what she wanted to do with the crows and like drain the swamp i don't know <laughs> I totally forgot about Jacob going to prison. Oh my god. And so she sees on TV that Jacob was arrested. She hears that her identity was released to the world but more importantly she hears Jacob defend her. He says that she's not a monster she's a victim and she says when you judge Alice for her crimes remember Beth and I just that was it was such a touching moment and Alice the way that Rachel played that for Jacob to finally acknowledge Alice's pain and her status as a victim and not a villain was just so cool and just so wonderful. And I I love that moment for, for Alice. And kind of, I mean, like I said, we're getting this like Jacob Kane unexpected Jacob Kane redemption arc. <laughs> so then Sophia walks in and says that Alice owes her an island. Back at the Batcave, Mary patches up Luke and they fill him in on their plan to save Alice. He's undoubtedly confused and suspicious, but Mary tells him Kate's alive and Alice is the only key to get her back. So with Sophia and Alice, she tells Alice that she burned Coriana to the ground, burning nine villages and killing so many people. Uh and Sophia says, like, if you're keeping a tally, you know, you can add them to that. Um, then batwoman lands on the balcony and says that she comes in peace holding the desert rose ryan says that revenge is short-lived and she's saying that to sophia but i also think that she means it for herself a few episodes ago she gave alice up out of spite and hatred and want for vengeance for her mother but now she's saving alice to help save someone else and i mean like i talked about a bit earlier it's poetic how much she's grown as a hero and learned to put aside her grievances and think about the bigger picture She says that she owes Kate her life, how Kate and Batwoman saved her life and gave her a second chance. Sophia ends up accepting her offer. Alice, as they're leaving, gloats to Sophia about how she has both her sister and her boyfriend, but Sophia says that she shouldn't think she deserves more than she's earned. And it's a clear threat. Back at Kate's apartment, Mary's apartment, Ryan's apartment, some somebody has to have cu- who ha- who who's gonna get custody of the apartment that's the real question <laughs> are they all just gonna be roommates is because <laughs> we know that mary and ryan are roommates and they're living there and then now kate's back is she gonna live there too are they all gonna be roommates i think that'll be really funny and then mary will find herself in the middle of lesbian drama again because they're gonna be fighting over sophie wow <laughs> so kate cersei wakes up and sophie is there to greet her inside kate's mind cersei locks kate back in her cell outside cersei takes over and uses knowledge of kate's to trick sophie so she can escape which is really interesting that cersei is able to access kate's memory but also be consciously cersei like that is so strange and i wonder if kate has the same ability like once she's let what like once she is let out of her mental cage, if she'll have access to um, maybe new fighting styles that Cersei had, or you know things like that. I just wonder if um, if she might have uh, that element of a different personality within her. So with Alice and Ryan, Alice is freaking out because Ocean isn't answering his phone. Ryan genuinely does not care at all and you know what same girl (laughs) and she threatens alice to get in the car alice pushes back because she knows that ryan needs her alive and she walks off to find ocean but not before saying that she'll be doing what kate expects by disappointing her one more time in the sewer tatiana jumps alice with the desert rose knife but alice kills her with her own knife for reals this time entering the train car alice finds ocean dead I have so many feelings about this scene and the way Ocean Alice was handled in the past couple of episodes I mean in the last episode Alice and Ocean still didn't like each other and Ocean didn't want Alice to get Kate back and they never actually resolved any of that on screen like they just showed them kissing and then fade to black you know If they really wanted the audience to believe that Ocean was actually on the up-and-up and and worthy of any kind of mourning, they should have had a conversation between Alice and Ocean before they showed up hand-in-hand this episode to meet Alice's dad. It's just a jump that didn't work for me, you know? Like, going from them fighting and never agreeing to the very next episode, them meeting Jacob and then him helping Alice out with Kate. I still honestly think that he tipped off Sophia in some way, maybe thinking that she was going to take care of Kate for him so that he wouldn't be the bad guy for getting rid of her. But I think that Sophia's hatred for Alice and Ocean Alice as a relationship overpowered that and she killed him because it would hurt Alice more and it would, like, satisfy her want for vengeance for what happened to the island, I think. I just don't believe that he had such a change of heart, all because they boned the last episode, and I think if the writers wanted me to think that, they should have included that conversation in the last episode. I just don't think that... that... I don't know, it just didn't make sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, for them to have this jump from, uh, you know, I don't want you to save Kate she's just gonna put you back in jail she's a terrible person don't you remember alice and alice being like you are crazy please leave and then for them to like make out and then they bone and then all of a sudden the next episode he's helping kate regain her memory and he's meeting jacob and he's like all buddy buddy with everybody and like they're so in love or whatever like it just didn't work for me it didn't make sense i hope that maybe in these next couple of episodes, Sophia will reveal that Ocean actually did betray Alice. I mean, because that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I can't have him going out as, like, a hero, because it just doesn't make sense. Because he was not one, and he didn't really have Alice's best interest in mind at all, ever. And I just, uh, everything about this season of Batwoman is so good, except for Ocean and Alice. (laughs) Alice as a character is great. Everything to do with Ocean, horrible. Anyway. Back at Wayne Tower, Mary's on the phone with Jacob, who's calling from prison, just like I forgot that he ended up in prison. Anyway, he says that he's being moved from Gotham to Metropolis to await trial, and he says that they can't beat these charges especially not with any and all of the evidence or fabricated evidence roman might have against him and with alice's reputation against him as well mary hates that she just got her dad back and now he's going away again he says that seeing kate buried under cersei made him sure that the same thing happened to alice and he says that he wished mary could have known beth before the accident he says that he knows how much alice has taken from her and from all of them But he makes it her mission to save Kate and Alice and create a family again. Which, personally, I think is quite unfair to Mary, considering how shitty, like, literally all of the Canes have treated her over the years. But I think Mary, out of the goodness of her own heart and soul, will do this. Because, I mean, she truly loves Kate anyway, you know? And they finally got to a point last season before Kate disappeared where they were in a good place. And... Alice, obviously, I mean, is gonna throw a wrench in things, but I think if, uh, she can show genuine remorse for what she did to, um, to Mary's mother, I think maybe in time Mary could not despise Alice. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to even, like, ask that of her character, you know? Like, why should she be the one to help Alice, why Why does she have to do it? Why, you know, and it's... But it's like, who else is going to? You know, so, I don't know. At the holdup, Ryan confronts Luke and says that she will never apologize for saving his life. She's sorry about what happened to him, but she'll never apologize for keeping him here with her and the Batfam. She says, you're not leaving me. And they hug, and it's a really sweet moment. And Luke doesn't respond, but I hope at this point that he realizes how valuable he is, alive and well, and obviously, I mean, he gets his bat suit so he's gotta want protection in some way. (laughs) Hopefully he's not as much of a flight risk as maybe he was earlier in this episode. They then head upstairs and Sophie is frantically looking for Kate and they realize that she's gone. At Roman's, Cersei is sitting where we once saw a bloodied and bruised Kate sit before she got her memories wiped and she confronts her father and asks if she's Kate Kane. She stabs him through the hand and then Sophia comes in and says that she'll tell Cersei everything if Roman won't. And then she says that she's always held the belief that a woman has a right to decide who she wants to be, which is also a blatant lie. (laughs) A blatant lie. She has never felt that way ever in her life oh my god she's a liar (sighs) anyway obviously I mean there's still so much to unpack about this episode and so much to unpack as the season comes to a close (sighs) I know everyone is going to have so many feelings about Kate and Ryan and Batwoman and about where the suit should end up and just the future of the show and I just I don't know what's going to happen, but I think one thing to remember is to respect other people's opinions and to be aware of what you say, especially when it comes to actors. I have already seen enough racism towards Javicia masked as, quote, just wanting Kate's Batwoman back to last me a freaking lifetime, and I cannot stand to spend another hiatus fighting people over that. So... I just beg everybody, no matter how you feel about who you want in the bad suit, no matter how you feel about whatever happens in these upcoming episodes, leave Javicia and Wallace out of this, please, for the love of God, and don't be racist to Ryan, like, you don't have to do that, you, you can love Kate Kane, and, you know, feel however you feel about Ryan, whatever, just stop being racist, my God, who raised you people? (laughs) I just, you know, and listen, for me, and this is just me, here's my take on it, and I know that some people are going to want to crucify me for this, but I, I don't, I don't really want to see Kate back in the Batwoman suit, at least not permanently, because at this point, I think the title belongs to ryan now and i also just think that kate who i mean after what we learned in tonight's episode will probably have cersei in her head for the rest of her life needs time and space to recover and rediscover who kate kane is and even create a new kate kane from the ashes of the old one i think it could be a really cool story of rebirth and growth and change to see kate take the time to heal and then create a new mantle from scratch to allow herself to not have to live in the shadow of who she once was, free from the pressures of having to be that person again, when there's no way she'll be able to after months of psychological torment. I also don't think that it's wise to send her out in the field with a psychic influencer banging around- A psychic? Psychotic? (laughs) That'd be really funny if she was psychic. No, with a psychotic influencer banging around in her skull, so I just think for the first half of season three, Kate should be in the Batcave with Mary when she's not doing therapy or, you know, rediscovering herself or whatever. Especially now that Luke is going to become a full-time field agent as Batwing. They need another hand in the Batcave in case Mary's busy with the clinic or until Kate's back to herself, she can just, like, help out. I don't know. That's kind of my perspective on where I want Kate to to end up and where I think her storyline would do well on the show especially you know in the state that the show is in right now and by that I mean focused on obviously Ryan's journey as Batwoman I think that it'd be really cool to take Kate and to just like send her in a new direction and I've seen a lot of people really upset about Kate potentially not becoming Batwoman again but the cool this is how this listen I've said this before, and I'll say it again, (laughs) the cool thing about comic Kate, and really any comic, any comic version of any hero, is that she's always going to be there. I think that's the coolest part about comic adaptations, is we get multiple different versions of all these characters with cool stories to be told with each one of them, and I think having a different Kate story told is a good thing, and not a bad one. Though I do totally understand, obviously, other sides of this argument, especially Jewish fans who are missing that Jewish hero representation, but I hope that no matter what happens, we can all be satisfied with the outcome. And I also, I mean, the thing is, too, obviously I have this situation kind of in my head about Kate and about what could happen, but I also think that there's a flip side to that where maybe Ryan, who has spent this entire season, yes, becoming Batwoman, but also living in Kate's shadow, maybe she gives up the mantle of her own volition and creates her own mantle in order to stop living in Kate's shadow, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't know, there's just so many ways that this could go, and I, and there's so many ways to upset people, (laughs) Uh, you know, depending on what happens, like, you know, you keep, ryan in the suit and you upset Kate fans but you take ryan out of the suit and you upset ryan fans and it's like yeah you know what are you supposed to do and i i'm really interested to see how these last couple of episodes end up playing out just because obviously it's going to determine the um uh, the mood for the rest of the hiatus which thankfully is very short <laughs> We'll only have to deal with three months of discourse instead of, like, four and a half. Um, but I just... I don't know. My only request... That, listen, I... Obviously, I'm nobody. I'm in no position to make requests. But my only request for the show is that Kate stays. I think it would be, it would be particularly cruel to bring kate back and spend the whole season leading up to her return only to take her away again especially after finding the best replacement they could with wallace day who i mean like i said did incredible in this episode and who i know has so much more to offer kate and to this show and i just i don't know i like i said personally for me i'm happy no matter who's in the suit. Because I believe in Batwoman as a title, as an entity, as a figure, as a, as a role model, as a hero, I believe in her and I believe both Ryan and Kate have so much to offer the title and I think they also both potentially have so much to offer other titles no matter what direction the show goes. I'm just really excited to see it, and I'm so excited to see these characters interact on screen together and all become a cohesive Bat team in a way that we've really never seen before in live action. We've never gotten a Bat fam done well, (laughs) ever. (laughs) You know, we've never had that, and I just am really excited to see Batwing and Batwoman and whoever might come along next interact with each other and just create this amazing show about Gotham and about these characters because that's what they've done and that's what they're going to continue to do. So I'm just really excited to see where it goes, but I, I mean, like I said, my one request <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, again, I'm not in the position to make requests because I don't decide what happens. I'm nobody. I just am a huge fan of this show but as a fan of Kate Kane and as a fan of the show I would just be so upset if they if she got written off again I, I think I just think it'd be particularly cruel it would be twisting the knife you know it'd be twisting it so hard <laughs> it would be it would just suck it would suck so hard if Kate left at the end of the season never to return you know, and I mean, at this point, Wallace has already hinted that she wants to return for season three. She did an Instagram takeover and somebody asked, will we see Kate in season three? And she said, I hope so. And I hope so too. I just, I think it would just be so cruel, you know, especially, I mean, it would really, it'd be cruel to the characters too. Not only your audience, who you've spent at this point, like six months, uh, you know, telling a story about, not only Ryan and Luke and Mary and Alice and Sophie, but also about Kate, you know, in her absence. It would be mean to not continue to tell her story, especially when I think that there's so much left to tell, especially now that Cersei's in her mind. It could be a really interesting situation where she's having to deal with, I mean, maybe it's kind of like that, how we thought, um, Cara and, um, red daughter would be kind of mixed uh at the end of season four i kind of speculated that maybe they would she would have the memories of red daughter and have to cope with that and have to deal with um another life lived in her own body but kate is having that right now she has to deal with another life bouncing around in her skull that she'll probably have to deal with for her the rest of her life and i think that there's so much story to tell there Especially for Kate and especially as it relates to her desire to be a hero and her desire to um, make Gotham and the world a better place. And I, I just think that there's so much left to tell for Kate and I just, I know that Caroline promised not to kill her but she didn't promise to not send her away again. And I just can't take that, and I mean, in the promo, and I said, I said, I didn't finish my thought, that it would be mean to the characters too, but it would be, it'd be so mean! Like, they, we just spent the whole season watching them search for Kate, but they just spent the whole season searching for Kate, you know, Mary, Luke, I mean, they all like, buried her. Sophie, Jacob, they all buried Kate, and they moved on, and now she's back, and I think it would be terrible if she went away again. I would just it would be so awful so I don't know that's my only hope my only request my only want is that I just want Kate to stay I don't care if she never puts on the suit again I don't care if she never puts on a suit again I care about Kate Kane you know as a character and I think that she's so important and she has so much story to tell and I think alongside Ryan this could be such a cool show. I mean, obviously it's already a cool show, but it could be really impactful in telling two different stories about two really interesting lesbian characters who have two totally different backgrounds. And I've, obviously we've seen that over the course of this season about the differences between Ryan and Kate. And I think seeing that on screen would be really interesting in contrast to each other. And obviously to see them working together and to acknowledge the issues that they've had with their individual experiences as Batwoman. I don't know. I just don't take Kate away from me again. Don't. Don't take her away. I will cry. I will seriously be so upset. (laughs) Like, if they take Kate away again, I will will join the hashtag campaign. Like, (laughs) to bring Kate back. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway god anyway so <laughs> um that's all I got for you today guys um I mean like I said in the beginning thank you so much for your patience sorry about that I just you know I didn't want you all to have to sit for an hour and listen to really shitty audio qualities so here we are um thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode uh uh, let me know what you thought about this episode of Bad Woman in the comments, or you can tweet me at TelevisedPod. Let me know what you think. Uh, do you have any theories for the end? Who do you want to see in the Bat suit? Please, for the love of God, keep it respectful. Um, <laughs> and don't forget to share, rate, like, subscribe, do all the things, and I will see you guys next Wednesday, I promise. Bye!